0: All right, world. What's up? We're back at it again with another episode of Creatornomics, and today I have a very special guest with me, Zach Ferraro, like Ferrari, but with an O. But with an O. Uh, right before this, we did a uh, intro that we had to cut out because I said Ferragano, but I think Zach Ferragano is like kind of a swaggy Ferragano's stage name. A great name. What would you think about what would you think about having like a stage name versus a uh, real life name? I mean, I get a lot of
1: compliments on my name. I, f- I feel like people <laughs> like Ferraro. Get it, and the, there's the whole Ferrari thing, but Ferragano is pretty different
0: <laughs> Ferrag- Ferragano is like a brand, yeah. right? It's a, some type of like Maybe bags if or I, something. my only fan's name could Ooh. Be Ferragano. You heard it here first. <laughs> my boy's launching the LF. Um, yeah, no. So I guess th- thanks for joining me. What, what brings you to New York today? Um,
1: helping my girlfriend move across the country to start a new job. Nice. Very exciting.
0: Into NYC, baby. Mm-hmm. Is she? Is she pumped?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, there's nerves. It's like straight out of college, yeah. and uh, they're paying well for straight out of college. But for New York, you know, it's yeah, hard to. Is live. she from L.A.?
0: No, she's from the Midwest. Okay, she's, she's been living in. She's LA been in L.A. Time. and now into New York. Yeah, All right. well, I, I think she'll love it. I came here straight out of college. It was amazing. New York is amazing.
1: Yeah, I, I love it too. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. move This would be the other place that I would live if Southern California wasn't so. What amazing. What are
0: the pros and cons for you?
1: The energy is amazing here. Like I just I'm done with the winters, I feel like. Yeah. You could pay me, but I don't I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean I the, like
1: Southern California weather a lot.
0: The winters are pretty bad but also I mean, yeah. They're not as enough, bad but, as the Midwest, but but like also there's I just feel like that you can walk anywhere in New can. York, which is Undefeated, you just bundle up, yeah. wear, wear a scarf. Yeah, um, I can see. Can I a, interject real quick. Yeah. I was yeah. actually
1: going to say, since I'm an LA veteran now, since I go all the time, <laughs> the, the the biggest con to me, and the, I don't know, Zach, do you agree? Is that LA's uh, public transit system is just trash compared oh, yeah. to there's like there's no there's no comparison to no. New York City. Yeah, but I don't have a car, so I only Uber. So it's not even like that. But you relevant. can't just like hop on a subway. Like, no, I mean they have a subway, but it's not
0: like you know. It's called the metro, right? Wh- what's yeah. What's your yeah. rationale behind? I have a buddy who also lives in L. A. and only Ubers, but to me that seems like you know blasphemy. It, no, it's like a little bit more expensive, but I can work
1: from the Uber. I, all my working is yeah. on the computer, so. Yeah i sitting in traffic for an hour. I also am lucky because I don't get car sick. Like Some people get car sick and yeah. you can't do it. Fair enough. But I can be on my computer and take meetings. and
0: Yeah, so I, I guess um, talking about work, do you want to explain yeah. a little bit about what you do and, and how you fit into the creator space? Yeah,
1: so I'm head of strategic partnerships at a company called Fourth Wall. We are a creator monetization platform. So we started with e-commerce and merch. Uh, and you know we dropped merch for like a bunch of big creators. Now, Then we had a self-serve platform where smaller creators can easily do on-demand merch, some MOQ stuff, Um, and then we built a membership platform, uh, and it's all white label, so you can launch your website, you can launch even mobile apps um with like gated content and stuff so yeah
0: what what do yeah. you what do you got what are you excited i guess for in the in the year to come that you guys are working on what's big for 2023 I mean we're finally like bringing it all together to make it
1: easy for someone to launch like a gated membership and launch merch and have members only merch and members discounts so you you um, guys
0: are doing like the gated content stuff is that like you can a do bit of like a Patreon type of
1: yeah there's a lot yeah. of parity with Patreon yeah um but you know, it's kind of bringing everything together, including the e-commerce side. So the, the power of it is that you could do gated content or you could just do like a merch club, you know, yeah. monthly payment. for But that. It, so
0: it's all a lot of it. I mean, I know you, you guys started in the merch game, right? Like yeah. that's like your roots and core. Yeah. Um, are you guys doing like gated, like digital content and stuff There's, now
1: too? Yeah. Gated digital content. I mean, you can sell digital content. Yeah. It's like everything that, that, That Shopify has, but specifically built from the ground up for creators. Um, Not everything. We don't have a POS system yet. Yeah, but you're working on it? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) eventually everything. For sure. Um,
0: So how how did you end up getting into the space? Well, in
1: 2014, I uh, I left college and I started working for a startup called curiosity.com. It was originally a part of a team at Discovery Communications, and I was like working with education YouTubers. We were trying to like make on daily like learn something new every day.
0: These are the earlier
1: days of YouTube. Very yeah, yeah. I mean <laughs> it wasn't the yeah the YouTube had, days but YouTube had been around for a while but the creator economy was like not really yeah quite were
0: people yet. making money on you people were making people money were making money YouTube. but yeah. like
1: not like money like they are now yeah there was not nearly as much in yeah. the space um, and so like it was also harder to Get money for the startup too. Mm-hmm. We were trying to do native advertising, so like work with brands to like include them into the learning paths. Um, we, in hindsight, we probably should have just charged monthly because we had a lot of users and we had a mobile app that was like very successful, but we couldn't really make like the native advertising part. So, work.
0: so you had a a mobile app that had learning stuff, and then you it were was just, like learn you were, you were trying to put like display ads in there for monetization. Not even display. Like we were trying to work to make
1: native pair them with content creators, like make native content and include other, other content that's relevant about this topic. Like, I don't got know. It. It yeah. Was, yeah. I left before the full monetization was realized and eventually it, it didn't really work. Fair and not. it got, yeah, yeah it got that's startup game now. Startup game. <laughs> well, especially startup in like creator economy 1.0. Yeah. There just wasn't a lot of space for. Yeah.
0: I, I, I talk about that all the time. Like the timing of joining a space, like It's like people always want to be super early and be like, you know, I was the original idea of this. But I think so many times people are too early into a space. It's like you have to get there after it's like when it's like ripe to be monetized, not Mm -hmm. like the being the first one doesn't necessarily. I think even more often than not means that it's not like you're going to fail because you're too early. Um, Yeah, I would. So one of the things that I I helped build in the back end and I had
1: this idea for this this. analytics tool on the back end to power our editors so they could look at someone's YouTube channel and tell you like what is the best content from the YouTube channel and then also what is the best content for people that are not subscribers of the YouTube channel yeah. so trying to isolate the long tail of a video and say like this is really not only do people are people watching it but people also responding positively with the likes to dislikes ratio um, and so you were just scraping super, basically we scra- like analytics? We were scraping at, at, when I left, like three million videos. Um, all of their, and, anal- and what, their daily analytics, what every was day. The,
0: what was the end goal of using, those like, analytics was you could say, if you're talking about, like this topic is trending, so you we should had, lean into this. We or? had
1: editors that would choose like learning topics every day and would make like some social graphics and do a little blurb on it like written. But we needed like a learning path of like content and yeah. we pulled that from YouTube. Um, and so the goal was to have this tool power the editors so that they don't have to like come up with random topics. They can just choose really good videos that are already ingested into our system and like build a path off of that. And yeah. Build topics off of that. And it was powerful. Like yeah. it was, it was actually working. And
0: t- what, what, in today's what was world, like the biggest? Like what was the biggest win um, from that? That's like digestible for me to understand how it all works. Uh, I mean, what some of the like I pulled up
1: like random. You know, random like really good videos that were interesting off the bat. So there's one video that um, was close to the top of the rating system that we had, and it was about the lyrebird. Um, I don't know if you know what the lyrebird no, is. Not. There's a there's a vi- there's a clip. I think it's National Geographic. There's okay. like a clip on YouTube of the lyrebird doing these crazy sounds, like a chainsaw, and like oh, like, okay. you, like yeah, it sounds yeah. like a chainsaw, and it's crazy. Like even if even if you kind of know about like birds that can mimic sounds, like this, the clip is still awesome. Yeah. And so it found that clip. We posted it as like on, on socials, like check this out, and it blew up. Like it was like...
0: Got it. So, so it, you, that makes sense. So you're able to basically find likely viral content. And, yeah. Got yeah and you, you made them. your own content about it, but you were like, people are super interested in this and it's hot right now. We, we would make like, we called it smart
1: memes. Uh-huh. That was like the thing. I actually had an ar- an argument in, like, 2014, 2015 with someone who was like, memes are dead at the time because there was, like, a little dip. There was, yeah. like, the original memes, and then there was, like, a little dip, and then, tr- like, memes nowadays, modern are memes start a taking such a part off. of, yes,
0: like, cre- whatever,
1: social yeah. media culture. Yeah. yeah, so we made these, like, memes that are like, an image macro with, like, a little digestible fact of, like, you know, something interesting that could yeah. lead you down a path to start learning more, like, you can... That's super interesting. So let me like read uh, some text on it. Let me watch like a video and maybe there's another related video. The idea is like to get them interested to get them yeah. learning and go down the path to end up in like YouTube videos.
0: Yeah. No, that's yeah. that's cool. How do you think I guess like meme and graphic content fits into the creator economy versus like true, like I call it faceless creators versus like, you know, personality creators? Like, how do you think brands and and just people in the space can take advantage of one versus the other. Yeah, I mean it's about where the where they are in the funnel.
1: So like image images are very high in the funnel. Although now uh, short form video is kind of taking the place of a lot of images. Yeah, I feel like you know you you can have a short form video that is almost like what a uh, still graphic used to be. Yeah, at the top of the funnel. So I don't know in terms of like memes.
0: It's memes or memes can be videos now too. Yeah, we actually work with a lot of meme pages through Infuse, yeah. um, and you're able to monetize that stuff. And oh they yeah. have a ton of eyeballs, oh and people gosh. like are like loyal to some of these meme Very accounts. Um, I think on Instagram,
1: especially, there there's entire subcultures around meme accounts. Yeah, and Reddit too. Reddit's Reddit huge too. around that yeah. stuff.
0: Yeah. So what, what, I guess, what macro themes, I guess, outside of, of maybe fourth wall, are you excited about in this space? And, um,
1: I mean, I, l- I love the idea of creator led companies, like creators yeah. launching companies that are in like very right for their audiences in yeah. you know, very, in their space, um, Right now, there's a lot of it's mostly like white labeling of other products, but it's the barrier to entry of manufacturing is like going down like crazy. I
0: I think that it's always going to be white labeling of others' products in a way, though, because you as a creator, your skill set isn't going to be like manufacturing, like you know, managing a warehouse, manufacturing fulfillment.
1: Right, but if everything is covered, and and also as part of the manufacturing, you can come up with your own formulas, or it's easy to iterate on a on a full design of something versus just like white labeling a product that's already built. Yeah, and th- that's going to happen. I mean,
0: it's already happening. So you're saying kind of like how Nike, how like LeBron and Jordan yeah. have a line within Nike. Like you're yeah, saying, it's a like different design. It's a and different, it's different, and they're actually part of that yes.
1: process. Yes, yeah, but yeah, and that's going to become easier and easier. The barrier to entry. Of launching all of this stuff is is going down. How how do you say that? Like, what what is happening to bring that down? Well, manufacturing. So for apparel, on demand manufacturing is like the holy grail uh, because you don't have to have any inventory upfront, and especially with sizing, like you don't want to have to um, order print a bunch of things ahead of time, and like maybe you run out of some sizes, but you don't. You have a bunch of another size, and so you have to like. So on-demand printing is like the holy grail, and that started in like the early 2010s. Okay. Um, So Teespring was one of the big ones early on. Yeah. Walker Williams, who's one of our co-founders, like founded Teespring. Mm Mm-hmm. They did it, uh, they were very successful, and it was a moment in time, and manufacturing changed, and culture changed. And Is, you know, are, you, bit, are
0: you able to maintain the quality of the apparel while also doing it on demand? That's the key, yeah. right? So originally, the quality was extremely low. Yeah. But it was
1: on demand, which means it opened up the doors for like, launching a really creative shirt that you just like made in a second and you yeah. put it up there. So now all of a sudden there's tons of different designs that can be on a shirt because you don't have to do a full production yeah. for it. And but the quality was low and now the quality is rising like steadily. New new techniques are coming out. You know, we have DTFX is like a new type of technique that's just brand new on demand. Uh-huh. It's like vibrant colors versus uh, cool. like yeah. washed out colors. Um, but that's just manufacturing is just stepping it up. Across the board. Yeah. And on demand is like the holy grail. So if you can make really custom things on demand, uh the opportunity is is endless. Because yeah. you can have well, like five people buy it and it, it makes sense as well, a business. Why do
0: you think the merch game was like such a staple of the creator economy? Like it seems like there's only a f- that was like one of the early, early ways for creators to monetize and it's still super important. Well, it's interesting
1: because when I started in this in like 2014. Merch was seen as like sellout. Like you're a sellout if you're selling (laughs) merch. Like why would you do that? Now Now
0: it's so. Now people are like, that's a very like organic, authentic thing to do. They demand it. Yeah.
1: Like fans are like, I need it. Sometimes creators that I talk to, they're like, I don't really know. Like I don't know if I want to do merch, but fans are like, no, please let me wear something. Let me represent. It's because of community. Like it represents. You want to be, you know, want to identify like, oh, we're part of the same community because yeah. we're like wearing the same jersey, we're yeah. wearing the same team. And,
0: and colors. merch has been a huge part of music tours and stuff yeah. forever. Like, and I, right. I always think the musicians, in some ways, are like the cutting edge of the creator economy. Yeah, like, those, I mean,
1: they're they're creators. Like, hundred yeah. percent, they're creators. It's just like that's an established part of the creator world. It's the most
0: established, I Very guess, because it's been around
1: forever. Yes. Um, yeah, and there are pathways and th- like it's it's less. It's being disrupted. I mean, a lot of, you know, even, you know, big labels want TikTok content. Yeah. They want their art musicians to be creators, and not all musicians are creators. Yeah. Like, not all artists want to be making short form video. Yeah. Um, I I, I,
0: I was talking to a guy the other day who has it, and he's just like, it's so annoying, like, what's required of a musician now. He's like, I just, like, kind of want to jam out, and I'm willing to do, like, tours and, like, what it takes, but he's like, He's like, I see how kids get taken advantage of now because it's so confusing. Like what you're supposed to do from like posting this on TikTok and getting the right licensing rights so no one can steal it. So he's just like, I see how like, You know, it's just so confusing that it's, you know, murky to navigate for someone that isn't, you know, reading up on it and staying on top of everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the labels and the establishment, they want to retain control. So they'll do what they can. I mean, the broader creator world, like there's not really an established thing. So a lot of people are just, you know, you can do and you can get away with a lot. You can do whatever and be successful. But music, yeah, music is tough because there's there's a lot of established people trying to
0: manage talent before. Right. Like how did how do you you like successfully navigate managing talent?
1: I mean, I haven't managed for that long. I managed one YouTuber who's my friend asked me to do it. And I was at first I was like, I don't I don't know the space well enough and how to manage. So I don't want to do something wrong. Like I want to do right by you and then i i kind of got deeper into the space and worked with a lot of talent managers it's like oh nobody knows what people don't really yet. know what they're doing in the digital space especially yeah. it's like you know there's all different like you can negotiate with brands but most brands really don't know what they're doing so you can kind of tell them yeah. you know anything
0: from, yeah you know. How, do you think I, I mean i'm assuming yes but i think that gap of brands being clueless and managers being clueless will shrink over time cuz it's of such course. a new space um
1: yeah, of course, but I also think like the creator space is one of the most disruptable. Like every new viral thing is a disruption of the previous content. Yeah, you know there are flows of
0: content genres that have been that come. Yeah. come it's in an and extremely out volatile space. Like yeah. it's not like if you think about like you know a farmer. Like yeah, they have innovation. They get a new tool that helps them farm yeah. their crops but like it's basically like the same year over year you're like all right cool our corn grew this year we farmed it and we're <laughs> gonna make this amount of money like we can basically like say going into the year if everything goes relatively according to plan we know what's gonna happen in the creator space it's like who knows if tiktok's still gonna be around and right. what's gonna pop up and overtake it and that's like a huge change it's in amazing. like the
1: whole landscape it's about barrier to entry yeah like farming tools in order to innovate the thousands of years of of, that has gotten farming tools to this point yeah it takes a lot and like adoption is also a lot and like it just that's like the capital process, like that you capital, have to put yes, in yeah where the creator space someone in their room you know in their bedroom with a phone yeah can come up with something that like like you know takes over the content space yeah and it's amazing it's, it's fantastic
0: it's so cool I, yeah. I mean i love it i think like I, I'm sure you saw like the Prime drink KSI Jake mm-hmm. Paul deal with Coca Cola like it's yep. for, it's like that that's type of stuff. Start. It's, yeah. just start. Um, it's just the start. And, and it's just the start. And to be fair, that's like you know the top one percent of the one percent. But um,
1: yeah, but I mean, what we're so what fourth walls a lot. People say merch. Yeah, and it's like they think of merch and like Prime as two completely different things. But all it is is manufacturing capability. And branding and like the manufacturing capability, like I said, like on demand is going higher and higher. Yeah. You can't have an on demand prime drink.
0: Yeah. But you're
1: not, we're not that far off from it.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure you can see it with like makeup brands and beauty creators and stuff as well. Like it's not, merch isn't just a t shirt, I guess is kind of what you're saying. Well,
1: there's this line that people see as like the difference between merch and like having your own product line. Yeah. And that is, it's entirely around upfront cost and manufacturing capabilities and distribution. And like, there's this barrier to do something like legit, but those barriers, like I'm saying, those barriers are falling. Yeah. So eventually you will be able to have like, you'll be able to launch a a drink line with your own formula that's on demand. So like five people of your fans buy this drink and they love the like flavor formula that you've come up with, and it's really good. And so they recommend it to other people, and now you have twenty people. And a small creator now has like oh, a thousand so y- orders y- of this. You're
0: saying they can make product that like almost outshines their fame as a creator. So people aren't oh, for sure. people aren't just getting the product because they want to support this creator. They're getting it because it's a genuinely good product. Yeah, and that's already
1: happening. I mean, I yeah. know, uh, I know a small relatively small creator by her following that has a like plushie business that's eight figures. Yeah. And because she's an artist and her, her like designs are adorable. Yeah. So the plushies are adorable. And so it got picked up in retail and like people buy it without ha- having, yeah. any idea. I who guess she is, is that, is that even then like the creator economy? Like, or is it, it just is. like entrepreneurship? No, it is. The creator economy will overtake the, 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 economy it'll just be the the creator economy will eventually just be the economy yeah because because i guess
0: it'll be the creator economy is basically marketing like it's like you could swap that out for marketing and yeah it's it's all it's distribution marketing is like a part of it like you can see it
1: as marketing but it's just you just have an audience that likes to consume this content around this thing yeah and you just pair it with anything around that thing so every industry has creators now that are like you know, giving visibility into certain things and you could, yeah, I guess you can use it as marketing. I guess I'm marketing.
0: thinking if, if it, it will become like the primary marketing channel yes. for the economy. Yes. It won't, yeah. That's what I guess how I think about it. Um, yes. cause I think once you get into someone is really good at designing something, so they bought a lot of it. Um, like, I, I guess, I, I don't know where the line blurs between just being a really good entrepreneur and being a Creator, you know, influencer, whatever you want to call yeah. it, that's pushing product. Um, yeah. There is, it's very blurry in yeah. terms
1: of what that is. I know a lot of, I mean, now that being a creator is a big business, I know a lot of people who are great marketers who know how to fit into the space. And yeah. Like they start making content. And are they a creator or are they a marketer? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the lines don't really matter that much. Um, but I think the key of it is like the creativity yeah it, right it's like individual creativity can power so much now yeah versus because like a of a the machine. low
0: barriers of entry that exactly we, like, it's not like you need to raise 10 million of capital and yeah. then like have this you can just oh now these guys can print me this new energy drink really easily it doesn't cost me a lot i'm going to try it When yeah. i also start making content and see what happens and then it yep. doesn't work but you're not out like you know tons of money and tons of time and tons of investment yep. so yeah, I think that's the coolest part about just technology in general. I yes. guess is is barriers centuries. Yeah, like
1: lowering in the crater, the crater <laughs> world is the most visible way that you can see.
0: Yeah, what what about shopping. different like, uh, I guess media channels and platforms within the space, like YouTube versus TikTok versus Twitter. Like, what how how do you see the different platforms evolving, and and where do you think people should lean in? I mean, YouTube just has is
1: this established juggernaut of monetization, where most of the creators want to be big on YouTube more than anywhere else.
0: Because the built in monetization. Because the
1: built in monetization and and the consistency of it and the longevity of it, like and like you don't lose your account quite as often
0: as do, you do on TikTok. Do you think it's the hardest one to make it on though, or no? That's a good question. I I, I mean Is it like everybody wants to be in the NBA, but like it's like, yeah, but then you have to make it to the NBA? Yeah. I mean, the making it is
1: the big question. Like, you can have 20,000 subscribers on YouTube and have a much more sustainable, like, creator life than a million on TikTok in certain situations.
0: Most situations, probably. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, but I think, no, I think that there's enough space. I mean, YouTube has, you know, pushing two and a half billion people. Or I think more than two and a half billion at this point. Yeah, it's like there's a plenty. What of do you space. think about
0: their shorts play? Because I feel like they leaned yeah. into that heavy and have kind of maybe leaned a little bit out. Like, well, what, I'm excited. What
1: you... No, no, they just started monetization on shorts February first. Okay, so this is they're definitely not leaning out. They're they're leaning in hundred percent. They are. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I want to have some more conversations post like full monetization of shorts with creators and see how that's going. Um, but like short form content. Needs to serve as the top of funnel, and there's no platform that like you can have top of funnel better than YouTube. Yeah, because because you have your shorts content, but you can have really good long form content right next to it. Yeah, I don't think that they've figured out perfectly the transition from like short form to long form. Yeah, and who knows like if it actually will work, but they, I think you'll come up with a UX that gets people in on short form and has them watching long form and engaging with other kinds of content, long form yeah. and and streaming. I think streaming is even, you know, this opportunity that people sleep on even now. There's this big segment between streamers and like content creators, oh, yeah. even in the creator world and like streaming is the most powerful for transactional
0: like So viewership. it's funny that you say that because uh Infuse has almost turned into a completely streamer driven company like at first I, I mean you you knew to be in the very early yeah. days for those that don't know I talked to Zach and like tried to it's like hey like I'm trying to build this thing like I what do you think? Um yeah. and uh and now we found that like by far, because you know that we do mostly performance based stuff. And if you want to drive performance like in the moment actions, like people watching a live stream are like so present and in the moment that yeah. like they'll go check something out. They'll go buy something if you just are like, hey like by the way, like I was using this, go check it out. Um yeah. So I found that streaming actually is by far the most engaging channel of them all. Um, We've actually been mostly TikTok live, Mm -hmm. um, but we're we're working on getting into Twitch and others. And I think that – I mean, we'll see if we need to pivot again, but I think that that was an interesting way that things played out when, like, you start something and you never know exactly what's going to happen, and that's where we're at now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think in general people sleep on
1: on streaming. It's just – the, the youth y- doesn't. The kids, the I feel doesn't. like, yeah, are sure. all over it. But, like, I think people forget about... Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, business, the business side. Yeah. They're, the youth the youth, and, like, the people who are consuming the content is kind of a swath, like, right here. Yeah. And people who are in established business in the world is kind of, like, right up here. And, like, this middle area, is there's not a lot of overlap. So people, I think... I think it's still undervalued. I think all of content is still extremely undervalued. And yeah. streaming it undervalued even. I think the most. I think
0: brands and people that are like want to monetize streaming too. Like I think there's a little bit they're kind of scared because it's like a bit of a black hole. Like what happens during a sure. live stream? Yeah. Like, I guess in in one sense it goes away forever unless like it's recorded and posted or something. That's- and in another sense, like. Brands want so much control over their image and what's said. Like that's such a sometimes great point. they'll make like nine hundred revisions on a post. Yeah. And like I think they're a little spooked by like, all right, so this guy's just gonna like, yeah. at some point, shout out our brand in right. some way on a live. Um, and who knows what else happens
1: during yeah. that stream? That you're that's a hundred percent accurate. That's a hundred percent accurate because as soon as you get to a big enough scale as a streamer, everything's recorded. Yeah. There's an entire ecosystem. There's an entire business around clipping streams from big streamers and putting yeah. it on youtube they're like there's an ecosystem there and yeah. big streamers often let that ecosystem thrive because it helps really build good. their audience yeah 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 but no, there's nothing sure. that they're doing that's not clipped i
0: guess the question is should brands lean into that i've always said they like in the creator economy and in the space they need to let go of like a little bit of their polished image and just 100%. like like let people authentically represent your brand yes. with, and people will see that as authentic and, and it drive higher engagement so i mean i get as a brand marketer you're scared of death of being canceled in some way like that's like worst case scenario as as a like a cmo but um i mean unless you're you just have to have like i guess you know
1: an arms length distance from the the talent yeah so that if something goes wrong like you're not you know you're not right in there with them but I, yeah. I don't I think everyone is not everyone but like people are smart enough to know that if a creator' doing something sus like it's not it's not on the brand that was sponsoring them yeah in Inle- unless they've been doing this for a long time and it's been obvious and yeah like, you know in that case like but even then we see people we see We see people doing stuff like that, and brands like getting away with continuing to sponsor them for a long time.
0: I guess what what going down the cancel culture thing. What what do you think about like the cancel culture? How that plays out in the creator economy, and how do creators like take care of their mental health in like a space that can be extremely toxic? Oh my god, that is like a million dollar
1: question. (laughs) Because I talk to yeah, I talk to a lot of creators and and streamers especially that are that that are that struggle with that. Yeah, they struggle with the everything about it and like you can have people who have a very clean image who've done everything right and then they have one thing go wrong yeah and it's a it's a big problem it's
0: just it's hard like to not get canceled in a way when your whole life is being recorded like if you record almost anybody in the world's whole life like somebody's not going to like something that happens because everybody's human like
1: i mean i actually (laughs) think it's really healthy what we're going through i it it's the opposite of what I think most people would say, but I think it's healthy that, that we're going through these growing pains of seeing the everything. Like We're yeah. seeing all of society and all of people's lives, and, and there's a lot of stuff that's been going on for a really long time that's bad that people are having visceral reactions to, and it's like that and, and people are getting canceled. Like It's really good that people yeah. are at scale having these visceral reactions to these things that have been very common. Um, But
0: but kind of like swept under the rug. But kind of swept under the rug. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and but I think we have proportionality is like the entire what we need to get to. Like nuance and proportionality. And but that's gonna take growing pains. Like you're gonna have to like everyone's gonna have to be really mad about everything bad for a long time. And then at some point it's like we will have a measured proportion. I mean, I this my I'm very optimistic. Yeah. But like eventually we will have proportional responses to things.
0: That like okay this is this, this is bad. how this, this is, is how mad we should be but it's so subjective mad. to some degree too
1: yeah of course I mean yeah and there will always be people who are really but I think for the most part I would love to believe that society as a whole will get to the place where we understand the whole gambit of life better and also everyone just kind of elevates their behavior a little bit too yeah. so that some of the some of the stuff doesn't happen nearly as much um, but. I, yeah. I don't think I don't think cancel culture is a bad thing. I think it's like it's a transitionary period while we come to grips with like the shit that's already going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. that was a fire soundbite. So with that, nice. we're out. Appreciate you coming of on. Of course, of course. <laughs> Cheers.
1: Subscribe to the latest episode of Creatornomics at InfusePod.com. That's InfusePod.com.